this famous passage, we find Paul saying that he's forgetting the things behind him. And he's pressing forth to those things that are before. And as we look through the passage, we may find that the Scripture and the Holy Spirit of God would teach us that there's some things we need to let go of in our life. Some things to turn away from, some things to forget, some things to let go of to move forward for the Lord Jesus. We left off in verse 10. I never got to that final little phrase in verse 10. We looked last week at knowing Christ, knowing Him in the power of His resurrection, knowing Him in the fellowship of His sufferings. But that last phrase of the verse says, being made conformable to His death. Being made conformable to His death. The root word of this word means to morph or to form, right? That word form has the idea of morph. And God is doing a work, and Paul is saying, I need to be conformed or morphed into the image, let's see here, into the, uh, well, into his death, conformed to his death. This is connected to the sufferings. And it seems to me that it's saying that God wants to change us through blessing and power, resurrection power, and he also wants to change us and conform us to the death of Christ through suffering. We can be conformed through the word of God and we can be conformed and changed through uh, prayer and through influence of friends and different things in life. But one way we are formed into the image that God wants us to be formed into is through suffering. Um, Later, remember I mentioned on Sunday we're going to have testimonies and one of the sections is going to be about difficulties or trials. You know, when difficult things come, it's usually hard to give thanks for that, right? But do you know that the Bible teaches us that God can bring good out of those difficult times? And sometimes that is what we give thanks for. And sometimes we can see, if I never had that trial, I never would have grown in the Lord in this way, right? So Paul says, I want to be conformed and, and formed into the image that God wants me to have and lined up with the suffering of the death of Christ. In verse 12, I'm sorry, verse 11, if by any means I might attain to the resurrection of the dead. He says, and if you think about this too, this death, and then he says the resurrection of the dead, and I I struggled to understand if Paul was talking about the fact that in this life we have sufferings, and then we come to our physical death, and then we're transformed spiritually into life eternal with him, or if he's saying that we, we get, go through trials and we, we are conformed to his death and then God brings spiritual life in this life. But either way, he's saying there's death and then there's life. And Paul wants to attain to the resurrection of the dead. He's not saying attain it by his own effort, but he's saying he will attain it how? How will he attain this resurrection? Through knowing Christ in his power of his resurrection and in the fellowship of his sufferings. And Paul says, now when he says, if by any means, that, <clears throat> that indicates humility, I believe. He's saying in any way that God would do this, in any way that, that uh, this can take place. Um, I think it's a reference to humility and to, and to awe of God. It's not to him doubting or certainly not a reference to any uh, you know, sinful means or something. Verse 12, he says, not as though I had already attained or were already perfect, but I follow after. Paul references, and he makes it clear, I, am not, I have not already attained it. I am not already perfect. I'm still seeking after this that God has given to me. I'm still um, growing in that direction. He says, I'm not perfect, 
And as I read my Bible, Paul certainly seems kind of perfect sometimes, doesn't he? I mean, he seems to have it all figured out. Paul says, I have not attained, I have not finished this work, I'm still being conformed, I'm still growing in my knowledge of Christ, and can I just say that no matter how long you've been saved, you have room to grow, right? If you start saying you're perfect, you have a, tr- a problem with lying, okay? And uh, that's, that's the sin you need to work on, and maybe humility also is uh, lacking. But he says, I'm not already perfect. Now that next words in your Bible says, but I follow after. I follow after. Now, <clears throat> this is a little tame and maybe a little confusing. The term follow after here is the same Greek word that we read down in verse 14 when Paul says, I press toward. I press toward. This says follow after, that says press toward. And I think it's a little bit of an old English phrase. But it, it means simply to run after, to pursue. Um, it's, it's to push your advantage towards. And uh, it's not like a meek, it's not a meek term of like a horse gently following behind the cart sort of thing, but it's rather a verb of, of strong forward action. And so he says, I follow after, I press toward, if that I may apprehend that for which I am also apprehended of Christ Jesus. Paul says, I'm reaching forward, I'm pressing forward to, to attain this thing. And it's the same thing that Jesus reached down to me for. Now, we might say, oh, well, Jesus reached down to save Paul from his sins, to forgive him. Well, that's true. Jesus did reach down to forgive Paul's sins. But more than that, or maybe we shouldn't say more than that, but beyond that, Jesus reached down to Paul. Do you remember what, what the, the scripture says when the day, uh, three days after he was saved, um, the, the Holy Spirit sent, um, I'm forgetting the name, but he sent a man to go baptize Paul. And the man says, oh, I'm, he's a bad guy. I mean, he, he persecuted Christians, and I'm not going to go baptize Paul. And the Holy Spirit says, he is a chosen vessel unto me to witness um, and to preach before kings and before the Gentiles. And, and the point is that God, the Holy Spirit, had a, a, a deep plan for Paul, far beyond just forgiving him, but it was to use him. And ultimately, it's right here in the text, and that's to know Jesus. And Paul says, I am pressing forward to know Christ. I'm pressing forward to that because that's the same reason Jesus reached down to me, was so that I could know him. And so I'm continuing to move forward, and he's reached down to me so that I can know him. And then in verse 13, he goes on to say, I, brothers, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things that are behind and reaching forward to those things that are ahead, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. (coughs) I find it a little humorous that Paul says, this one thing I do, and then he lists off three things. I don't know if you noticed that, but... uh, the first two are kind of subdivisions or connected with the main one thing, which is pressing toward the mark. In verse 14, what is the one thing Paul does? He presses for the mark. But how he does that is by forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things that are ahead. When I was in high school, our school ran track for three weeks a year. We took the best runners, and we went to AC convention, and we had track. It was kind of pathetic because we didn't train. We just got the fastest runners and threw them out there on the track. We didn't do track any other time of the year. So we set up this uh, team that was going to be 4 by 100. 
And when you do the 4x100, uh, let's see here. Well, there's the 4x1 and there's the 4x4. I ran in the 4x4 one time. And in the 4x400, you have to run, each player runs around the track one time. And when you're playing in a team track competition, you have a baton that as you run, you have to extend the baton to the, your next teammate and they have to reach it from behind and then they have to start running. Well, we didn't know what we were doing that well and we were sort of trained. Somebody would kind of go out there with us and say, this is how you're supposed to do it. And <clears throat> I remember one time where the baton was dropped. The team was trying to hand it from one team to another. Clangity clang, there went the baton on the track. And they, you know, someone stopped and picked it up and went on a run. Well, guess what? They didn't, they didn't win the competition, right? When you drop the baton, it's very hard to win. But they would teach us that the way, the proper way to uh, do a baton is that the, the runner that's waiting for his teammate to come running up to him, they have a zone where you can start transitioning. And they said, you watch for your runner to start coming up. And once they get quite, quite up close, you start running, and then you're supposed to do this. You're supposed to look your, head, your face straight ahead and leave your arm back here, and you wait till you feel it. And they said, don't look back. They said, don't look back, because if you look back, you will slow down, and that minute where you have to turn your head around, you'll lose time. And so you had to trust your teammate to actually hit your hand with it, and you had to be feeling for it, and you were already moving and running. And when Paul says he's forgetting those things behind, he's talking about not only just the action of forgetting, but he's talking about where you're looking. And Paul is saying, I'm looking to what is next. And you know, there's some Christians who are running their Christian race like this. It's a bad way to run. It's a dangerous way to run. It's a slow way to run. They're running forward, looking backwards. And Paul says, no, I am not going to do that. I am not going to get stuck in the past. And specifically, what is he talking about when he says forgetting those things which are behind? In the passage, what is he talking about? What is it that's behind Paul that he's forgetting? Anybody remember? It wouldn't be last week. It would be the week before, I think. It's in the passage there. What are the things that Paul is forgetting? Yes, Hebrew of the Hebrews, circumcised the eighth day of the tribe of Benjamin, uh, concerning the law of Pharisee, concerning zeal persecuting the church, concerning the righteousness that is in the law blameless. All those things that were gained to him, he had counted them as lost. And what it is, is he's saying, I have charted my course, I have cut my ties, I have set my eye on the goal, the goal is Jesus Christ, I am pressing toward the goal to know him, to live for him, to be like him, and I am not going to turn around and look back at those things that I have lost for Christ. I think that that is some super excellent, wise spiritual counsel in the text. If we are imagining the wealth that we could have had if we had, you know, not known Christ till we were later. If we're imagining the, uh, you know, that man boy, if I could have had, uh, you know, my teen years, if I only could have played football and done this and that, and instead of, you know, knowing Christ and growing in Him, and all those things that are behind us before we knew Christ, I think we can make a broad application that even those things that maybe were in a life of carnality or sins of the past or other things that don't point us to Christ in a good way should also be forgotten and pushed behind us. He says... 
I reach forward, that reaching forward to those things that are ahead. When you reach forward, what do you use? Do you use your foot to reach forward? No. What do you use to reach forward with? Your hand, right? You reach forward with your hand. And when you're reaching for something, you're going to have something in your hand, right? Reaching forward to what? Those things that are ahead. What is it that God has for me next? What is it next that God wants me to do? Not looking backward, looking forward. I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Paul says there's a prize for me. This is the, he uses the word heavenly here. And the high, I'm sorry, the high calling of God. He uses the word high calling. And some people understand this as the, the heavenly call or the upward call, as in when we're taken up to heaven. Others see it as the calling that is placed upon our life from heaven, um, which would be the calling to live for Jesus and know him. Um, but the calling, the calling of God in Christ Jesus Paul says there's something that I'm still reaching forward for. (coughs) What is it that God wants you to reach forward to? What is it in your life that is yet unattained as you seek to know Christ and walk with Christ? There's something to be reaching forward to. There's some things to be forgetting and leaving behind. And I hope that we as Christians are running with our eyes fixed ahead of us with our eyes on Jesus, with our eyes on the calling of God in Christ, this calling usually refers to an invitation, a come here. There's one time in Scripture it refers to a position or like a place, but it's usually an invitation. Come here, come here. And the way I think of it is this. Jesus from heaven calls down to us, know me, walk with me, look to me. Forget those things behind you. I'm your Savior. And Jesus calls out to us. He invites us to himself. And Paul says, I'm looking to Jesus. I'm running to Jesus. I'm turning aside from all those things that would pull me away from Jesus. Those those things in the past, those distractions, those pieces of my history that I'm not so proud of. I'm just leaving that behind me. And I'm reaching forward to Jesus. This is a good truth that will help you in your Christian life reach forward to what Jesus has for you next. Let's bow our heads in prayer together. (coughs) Dear Lord, I thank you for Paul. I thank you for his heart. I thank you for how open he was with these Philippians that he had a pedigree and a past and he had all these other things that he trusted in at one time. But now he's trusting in Christ. He's looking to Christ. He's reaching forward to the next thing that Jesus has for him. Lord, I pray that we would not be stuck in one place. I pray that we'd not be looking backwards. But I pray that we, like Paul, would reach forward to those things that are before us, ahead of us. Help us, I pray, to have open hands ready for the next thing that you want to give us. Help us as your people to have this heart, to have this mindset. We thank you for Paul's example and his words. In Jesus' name, amen. All right.